and go to Proverbs chapter 14. Proverbs, the 14th chapter. I started a series a couple weeks ago. Uh, the Lord has helped me to see in the scriptures that we have uh, choices in life. And of course, we know that we have choices in life, uh, but that God has a better way for us to approach life than what we would naturally gravitate towards. And so this new series is entitled, This, Not That. Okay, and this has to do with choosing God's way over the way that naturally man would would would, would think and what we would gravitate towards. Uh, praise the Lord. So far, I've shared with you in this series that that uh, His loving kindness is better than life, and uh, and then also last week we shared that the new covenant is better than the old covenants. And how many know there are so many believers these days that don't even know the difference between the old and the new covenants. And it is severely hindering and crippling their relationship with God and how they deal with the things of this world because they don't know how God relates to man based upon covenants and based upon this new and better way. Now again, following that same pattern principle, there are numerous things in the scripture where the Lord just simply tells us this way is better than this way you'll be better off going this way instead of going that way. And, and so we're endeavoring to adapt our thinking to the Lord, which we should constantly do as believers. It's called the renewing of the mind. But we are adjusting our approach, our method, our ways to match God's ways. And if we'll do that, we'll achieve the results that He wanted us to achieve. We'll walk in His best and not just in, a, in mediocrity. Praise the Lord. But recognizing scriptures like this, did we read that yet? Let's read it and then I'll reference it. Proverbs fourteen twelve. there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Okay, now, so we know that principle is true, that there is a current of thought that runs through the human race where they tend to think that what they're doing is right when it's really wrong. <laughs> they, they tend to think that, and I say they, us, tend to think that something is the correct way when really it leads to failure, it leads to death. And knowing that that is not only true, that it is likely and probable to be the case in my life in some area, I ought to be looking with both eyes wide open and checking the decisions that I make to make sure that I'm not falling into the trap of going a certain way, doing it bold, doing it loud, uh, and thinking it's the right thing, but it's actually opposite of what God would do. Okay, And because this is true... Listen, we ought to be checking up because I'm going to have to say there's probably an area or two in every person's life in the place today that this is the case, that we're thinking a certain way, we're acting a certain way, and it's wrong. Not because we're horrible people or because we're intentionally doing it wrong. It's just the way that we think. And until we run into a truth that will alter our direction, we'll continue to do that. That's why sometimes you see within families, generation after generation, they do the same dumb things. That's why many times in our own lives... 
we are still making the same mistakes we made 10 years ago. We have not run into truth that alters the way that we think and the way that we approach life. But that's what God is interested in showing us. And so even if we can't put our finger on it at the moment, yeah, this is what I do wrong every time. (laughs) If you know that, um, change. (laughs) Uh, If you can't identify that, they'll say, Lord, show me, teach me, give me light, give me understanding of your amazing and functional ways, (laughs) things that work. I want to live a higher life. I want to do things a better way. Now, Now, Proverbs 16 is where I want to get the next one today. We're basically talking about God's priority system, how some things are better than other things. Uh, in Proverbs 16, notice with me in verse 16, 16, 16, how much better to get wisdom than gold. And to get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. All right, is that a good, is that a good word there? Here's the way I want to say it for this week. Here's our next better than. Um, wisdom is better than wealth. Wisdom is better than wealth. Now that can typically get a lot of amens in church. Because if we really sit down and think about it, we know what the right answer is. We know we're not supposed to live for uh, material things or wealth. However... Uh, in practicality, the way this is lived out is often quite different than the than the principles that we would agree to if we if we were asked in front of others uh, of what which is better. I mean, if we were handing out buckets uh, on the way out today, we had you know everyone can pick up a bucket. You can only take one, and you have an option. One is a bucket of wisdom, and the other is a bucket of money. And uh, if you were to pick one of those up on the way out, and you could do it without anybody watching, and it wasn't preceded by a teaching, <laughs> I wonder which bucket would the majority of us pick, on, pick up on the way out. I mean, if we, after, after this day, would either be much richer or much wiser, many, I think many times we would look at our lives and say, well, you know, I got bills, you know, or I got things I need to do. I know wisdom is like probably the best thing here, but I can get that later. In fact, I'm going to take the money and run. <laughs> and, uh, and on the way, I'm going to pray that the Lord will show me what to do with it. <laughs> Give me the wisdom of what to do. <laughs> Come on now, don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. we know what's right I think if we really analyze it but let's get this established a little deeper in our hearts today okay and so I want to get it to where a hundred percent of us would pick up the wisdom and not be sad about it not go oh junk I know I'm supposed to take this I want the money I want the money I want the money but ah take the wisdom fine take the wisdom <laughs> all right most people would choose the wealth over wisdom without hardly giving it a second thought but that's because man gravitates towards the opposite of what's right mankind gravitates towards what doesn't work 
And this is a reality. You can see that in how people live their lives today. How people scramble when the lottery gets real high. And they I gotta give my chance. And, uh, but people never act that way towards getting the wisdom of God. Hmm. I mean, in, in Nevada, you know, Nevada is, uh, known for, cause it's a gambling state, but they don't have the lottery there. And so recently when the, uh, the lottery was all over the news cause it was so high in Nevada, all the people there were driving. I say all the people, large numbers of people were driving across the border to go get their lottery tickets. <laughs> but how many people would drive across the border to go get some wisdom? How many people would seek out and dedicate their lives and be diligent to obtaining the wisdom of God? Not many. Not many. Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 4 reads this way, Riches do not profit in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. What do riches not do? They do not profit in the day of wrath. And so let's take a little look a practical look at what wealth cannot do, what it cannot buy. How many know wealth cannot buy your way out of trouble? Can you say Bernie Madoff? How many know wealth cannot buy health? Can you say Steve Jobs? How many know wealth cannot buy love? Can you say Hollywood marriages? And the disaster's there. How many understand that wealth cannot buy joy? How many people, how many wealthy people have uh, committed suicide? Or drugged themselves uh, up and, and, and to a point of, of death? Can you say, you know, Elvis Presley? Uh, how many know wealth? Here's an important one. Wealth cannot buy heaven. Can you say the rich young ruler that Jesus talked to? Mark chapter 10. There are just a whole number of very, very important things. In fact, all the better things of life, wealth cannot obtain them. I'm not saying it can't obtain anything. It can obtain some things. Just not the best stuff. Just not the really important stuff. Just not the stuff that really matters. Wealth cannot purchase or obtain those things. I like Proverbs 8, verse 10 and 11. It reads this way. Receive my instruction and not silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things uh, one may desire cannot be compared with her. Her who? Her wisdom. Wisdom is so much better than all these other things. Now, the body of Christ over the last number of decades has gone through some various shifts and changes of of thought. It used to be that it was very common for Christians to believe that if someone once wanted to be holy or more spiritual, they also had to be poor. They also had to be broke. That somehow a lack of material possessions was equal to a greater spirituality or holiness before God. 
And uh, especially that was true uh, when it came to ministers and pastors and different. I mean, if they wanted to, be, if they were really committed to God and committed to the call, then they definitely had to live on the bare essentials of life. All right. And uh, thank God that uh, much of the body of Christ has moved away from those extremes. Because they are really ungodly. You kind of run, you run into little trouble when you realize that the most holy person in the universe is also the most uh, wealthy. <laughs> That's called God. <laughs> it's Him. All right. And so they're, they're not to say that there is not problems today. There, there is a lot of poverty mentality in the body of Christ still. But really, over the decades, uh, things have shifted. Okay, and come in a good way. Now, there are those who have gone into another extreme as well. And there are parts of the body of Christ that will judge a person's spirituality by their assets. And uh, if they drive something nice, live in something nice, wear something nice, if they have a lot of material things, it's, it's judged by some that they must be spiritual or have a lot of faith to have all those blessings in their life. And, uh, and that may or may not be true that they're real spiritual and have a lot of faith, right? What we need to do is stay out of both ditches and not be in the, not be in the habit of judging people based upon what they have or they don't have. How many know it's possible for someone to be walking in the full blessing of God but really not give a rip about a whole lot of material stuff? They really value their relationship with God, the love of God in their life, serving others and, and those type of things way higher than doing stuff that they could do. They have the ability to do. They're blessed of God to be able to do it. They just don't want to. Is that possible? Yeah. yeah. Again, well, we should stay out of the business. This happens regularly where people, uh, they get into, into, into judging someone else. Either because of what they don't have or because of what they do have. And I think we just stay out of that business and, and, uh, and let's focus on what God says is more important. Amen. All right. See, it's, again, it's God's priority system. It's not about whether something is right or wrong. It's what's better. What are you going to seek after? What are you going to give your life to? And let's be really clear and really certain that the Lord says wisdom is better than all this other stuff. All right. Anybody okay with me today here? Everybody fine so, so far? You know, Jesus dealt with a guy uh, one day, and uh, this guy was having an issue because of an inheritance. And uh, it's actually Luke 12. I'll just read it to you. Luke 12, 13 through 15. Then one from the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? How I many know that's a good answer sometimes when someone tries to pull you into their dispute? <laughs> verse 15 and he said to them take heed and beware of covetousness for one's life does not consist of the abundance of things he possesses and many times people are judging themselves and their lives and the the, the the definition of their life is all about their stuff that they have it's all about their bank account it's all about the things they possess and Jesus said your life is worth a lot more than that your life is not consist of these uh, of these natural things. That doesn't mean to say that having an abundance is there's anything wrong with that. I mean, you could own five boats and three islands, as far as I'm concerned, you know, and and five mansions. I don't care. I don't think you're unspiritual for doing that. That's none of my business, huh? But what I do want to recognize is that that's not what life is about. And that's not what we seek. And that's not what's most important. And that's not what God values. That's one of the lower things. And why would I want to settle in my life for an inferior thing when I can have the better? 
I can choose what God says is better. I can have the thinking of God be my thinking. Amen. So often it is the intangibles of, of life that far surpass in value and importance the thing, uh, over the things that are tangible. Okay, How many people, and I would probably say everyone in here, but how many people have ever had this thought or have ever said this at some point in their life? They look back at their own life and they say, if I had only known then what I know now how my life would be different and, and, and how my life would be not only different but better it would be so much better if I just knew now knew then what I know now see we recognize the value of understanding of the wisdom of God because it directs the choices that we make but instead of being bummed out that Doc and Marty weren't right about uh, the time machine, um, <laughs> let's imagine for a moment that we could go back in time to today. And here we are. Check it out. It worked. Here we are. Now, today, with the knowledge of God, a relationship with Him, with a book of secrets revealed, the knowledge of God unwritten, written down in pages. How can we alter our lives going forward? How can we make them better now, knowing what we, knowing what we know? Because here we are, we're back. <laughs> here we are, we're here today with, this, with, with the advantage of knowing what works now. We don't have to live in ignorance we don't have to continue the patterns of failure and defeat. We don't have to continue in the way that we've always gone or the way our family or, or our generations gone past have, all, have always gone. Now here we are with the knowledge of the future. With the knowledge of what works and what doesn't work. And how making choices today will impact our tomorrow. And we can change everything going forward. Come on now. And so here, let's contrast a little bit wisdom. We see the principle. We see a lot of things that wealth really cannot produce. But what will the wisdom of God produce? Well, thank God it produces many things just the opposite. It will produce a way out of trouble. It will produce riches. It will produce honor. It will produce favor. It will produce, really, even heaven. Because wisdom knows what to do. A wise person says, I'm a sinner, I need saved, Jesus is my answer. <laughs> he died for me, I'll make him the Lord of my life. Wisdom produces all the things that we need and want in life if we'll simply pursue it and not wealth. Proverbs 8 and verse 18 reads, Riches and honor are with me, enduring riches and righteousness. And that's, that's wisdom speaking there in that verse. Notice, many times we go after the inferior, and in doing so, we, um, we skip over and we don't ever receive the better. But if you go after the better, you end up getting the better and everything that comes up underneath it. Because yeah. there's no promise, man, if you have a lot of money, you are going to get wise. You are going to get wisdom. But there are 
numerous situations in Scripture where we can see that the wise person ends up with the stuff. The wise person ends up with the wealth as well. Let me show you an example of this. Uh, 1 Kings chapter 3. Look at this passage with me. 1 Kings, the third chapter. Now, this is an account of a guy named Solomon. Anybody ever heard of Solomon? (laughs) Can you say, richest guy who ever lived and the wisest guy who ever lived? Might be something to that. Huh? But Solomon was in the early period of when he became king. He was the son of David. All right, David was, we know, man after God's own heart. David was a great king of Israel. Solomon, his son, his young son, priest, uh, followed him in, in, in the kingship. And early on, Solomon had a real humble heart, and he said to the Lord, I, I need help. He said, I don't know how to go in and how to go out. Uh, I need help in, in ruling your people and governing your people. And in this dream that he had, which was a dream that he apparently, because the Lord gave him credit for it, he was able to make decisions. It must have come out of his conscious mind, but it was a dream from God where he he made a choice. And in this dream, the Lord told Solomon, ask for whatever you want. Ask me and I'll do it for you. Well, that's pretty nice. You know, this is where all the kids say, ask for more wishes. (laughs) All right, well, he wasn't thinking like that. Okay. Uh, And he told him, ask for whatever you want. And let's pick up here what he asked, verse 9. Solomon said to the Lord, Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? Another account in the Chronicles said he asked for wisdom. Okay? Saul saying the same thing. Verse 10, The speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Now think about it. That's quite a statement that that he asked for something. He was given, what do they call it, carte blanche to ask for anything. And he asked for one thing and God smiled. God gave him the ability to ask for whatever he wanted. And he said, I want wisdom. I want discernment. I want an ability to lead your people. And God was happy with that. It's interesting to me to notice that there are certain things that God wants me to ask for. There are certain things that are probably up to me. He'll honor them because He loves me. He'll honor my request because He promised it or because, like John fifteen seven, I ask whatever I want. And God will honor that. But there are requests... That according to the scripture, this and this is what we're talking about, puts a smile on his face. Man, if they'll just ask me for wisdom and discernment. You can see his priorities were right here. It's like uh, Matthew 6, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. 
But you seek first. There's something that really does make a difference in the heart of God. And that is that our priorities be aligned with His. And that we ask for the right stuff. And so Solomon did it. It pleased God that he asked for that. Then God said to him, verse 11, Because you have asked this thing and have not asked long life for yourself, nor have asked riches for yourself, nor have asked the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice. Behold, I have done according to your word. See, I have given you a wise and discerning heart so that there has not been anyone like you before you, nor shall any like you uh, arise after you. And I have also given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be anyone like you among the kings all your days." This is quite a statement and quite a response from the Lord. Think about it. If Solomon would have asked and just said, You know, Lord, I just want to be stinking rich. I want wealth beyond my wildest imaginations. Would the Lord have done that for him? Yes. What if he had just said, you know, like, like, wipe out my enemies. Or, Lord, I just want to be honored above all people on the earth. Would the Lord have given him that position and that respect and place? Yes, he would have. That's why the Lord was so happy. It wasn't that he was opposed to Solomon being wealthy or being honored, having long life and having all these things. In fact, that's what God wanted for him. But he was sure pleased when he didn't make that the priority. He was sure pleased when he didn't pursue and go directly towards that which served him. Directly those selfish desires. He said, Lord, give me a a heart of wisdom. Give me a discerning heart so I may rule your people well. And the Lord said, yes, you got that and everything else that you, you could have wanted. Understand the heart of God and how he wants to, uh, how he wants to bless us. But we've got to choose what's better. We've got to choose the better thing. If we'll choose the better thing, watch God go to work and not be limited by our choices. What do you seek? What are you seeking in your life? What are you going after? In a lot of us, well, I'm just seeking to build my, my storehouse. You know, I'm seeking to build my wealth. I'm seeking to build this company. I'm seeking to build this family. I'm se- go after wisdom. It's not like you're a bad person for wanting to be successful in all these areas. God wants you to be successful. Go after the wisdom. Go after the wisdom of God. Seek a discerning heart so you can rule correctly. What do I mean by that? All of us have different degrees of influence and leadership in the lives of other people. If you have a family, your responsibility there. If you have a pet, you know... (laughs) <laughs> but you know if you have friends you have you're a part of different associations you have a business you have there are different people that will listen to you and if your desire to God and your prayer to him is give me a discerning wise heart so I can deal rightly with people around me and make right, wise judgments God will smile at that and give it to you and give it to you because you're choosing 
what's better. Realize that the intangible things are of so much more value than the things that we see and feel. How many know again now, the richest guy who ever lived didn't seek the riches. He didn't seek the wealth. He sought the wisdom of God. He sought a wise and discerning heart. He sought the benefit of God's kingdom. And all the other perks showed up as a result of it. Praise the Lord. All right, let me finish up here today. How to get it. Ready? How to get it. I recognize, I'm, I know I've got to pick up the wisdom bucket now. I'll leave the money at the door. <laughs> How to get the wisdom. First of all, three things. Three things. First of all is Proverbs 9 and verse 10. Proverbs 9, 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. This fear, this Old Testament word, has to do with reverential awe and respect for God, not being afraid of God like you went right run from a rattlesnake. It is saying God is holy. God is awesome. God is the most high. I, I respect and, and, and value Him above everything else. You see, when a person doesn't do that, they're running to and fro. They're running to every other person. They're running to the wisdom of this world. They're seeking answers in all those areas. But what, what, what are we supposed to do? We are to have respect for Him. The person who denies God, the Bible says, the fool says in his heart there is no God. Well, you don't get wise acting like that. You don't get wise approaching Him that way. But when you have a holy awe and respect for Him, you are setting yourself up to think like Him. You're setting yourself up to receive wisdom that comes only from above. Amen. And so the first one is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Second, second is, uh, comes from James chapter 1. James 1 and verse 5. It reads, If any of you lacks wisdom... Let him, what? Ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. How should we get wisdom? We should ask God for it. Now, not, not ask people for it. Many times people get in the habit of every time they have a decision to make, every time they have a question that I don't know what to do, they run around to as many people as possible. What should I do? What should I do? What should I do? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? <laughs> and I'm not saying every time it's out of the, it's totally off the table to have a discussion with someone, but you're still looking for the wisdom of God. I've had times in my life where I had a decision to make and I was about to ask certain people and the Lord stopped me. When I say he stopped me, he dealt with me on the inside. Don't ask them. Well, why? They might have some good wisdom here. Well, maybe in some situations it would be okay to do that, but there are also times when we are leaning to the arm of the flesh and we're just going to hear someone's opinion. We're going to hear the wisdom of man and not the wisdom of God. Because the Lord has dealt with me, like I said, that I need to go and hear from Him on this and not get a bunch of people's opinions about it. And the Bible tells us very clearly, if you lack wisdom, would that apply to anyone in here? Listen, that's going to apply to 100% of us in some area at some time. You might have wisdom in an area for a certain decision, but there are future decisions. If you're a parent, you need wisdom. If, if they're teenagers, you need more wisdom. 
If you're married, you need wisdom. If you have a job, you need wisdom. If you have a house, you need wisdom. If you have money in this world, you need wisdom. Come on now. If you have a physical body, you need wisdom. Because you can drive that thing into the grave. So what should we do? Ask. This should be a regular request. Not just asking over again, over and over again, undoing the previous prayer. But I'm talking about asking specific towards certain situations. Because think about it again. Let's get perspective. How many people are asking and praying and giving attention to finances? Listen, we know we have to deal with finances every day of our lives. And so it's like front and center. We got to deal with it. But we're out of balance. We're pursuing the lesser rather than the greater. And if I would make confession and stand on God's promises and give an offering and believe for a return and do all these things that we know from the Scripture and I focus on that all day long, but, you know, as far as wisdom goes, you know, like every once in a while I'll ask God for wisdom. I just missed this principle, didn't I? I'm thinking thinking like the ways of man as opposed to like the ways of God. And if I'm really doing things His way, I should go after every day, repeatedly throughout my life, where I seek out the wisdom of God, and I'll find I'm not going to have to pray about the finances so much. Because I'm now in a godly order. I'm now pursuing the better, and the other things will come into place as a result. So you might analyze your own prayer life, your own focus, your own faith, and see what you're believing for. Because the Scripture says here, if you read the next verse, let him ask in faith, nothing doubting. So that means, you know, if I'm used to saying, Lord, I thank you, I believe I receive healing in my body. Thank you, my body is strong. Or I believe I receive my bills paid, my needs met, I have abundance and no lack. Those are all good things, but how about saying that about the wisdom of God? Oh, thank you, Lord. I believe that Jesus has made unto me wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. I believe I have the wisdom of God revealed to my mind. I have the mind of Christ on the inside of me. And I ask you for wisdom and you show it to me. And I see clearly I have a discerning heart. And making strong statements of faith concerning that. Make that priority. Number three. Number three. How to get wisdom is Proverbs 13, 20. It says, he who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Number three, associate with wise people. If you want to have the wisdom of God operating in your life, you cannot hang around with a bunch of turkeys. You're not going to, as they say, soar with the eagles while you're hanging around with the turkeys. (laughs) You've got to surround yourself with some wisdom. Surround yourself with wise people. If everyone close to you, all your friends, all your associations are all a bunch of people going nowhere and doing nothing, don't think that's not going to affect you. Well, I get my wisdom from God. You get some of your wisdom from God, but you get some of your wisdom from people. And it's the wisdom of the world that doesn't work. You know, one person in our church said that, said that when they were in, uh, a teenager, they got a, they got a job at this particular fast food restaurant, but they noticed after a period of time that everyone, or nothing wrong with the fast food restaurant, especially if it's Panda Express, and uh, 
and and uh, but they <laughs> but they were working at this fast food restaurant. But they noticed after a period of time that everyone they were they were working with, everyone that was around them was either both teenagers and adults. But they were all a bunch of people who were going nowhere. And they realized they didn't want to they didn't want to be around that every day. They didn't want to, want want that to be uh, where their life went. And so even at that time, they had the the foresight, the wisdom to see I've got to associate with some people who have some some drive in their life. Have, associate with people who are going somewhere, who are going to accomplish some great things in life. And I encourage you, check out your surroundings. Say, well, if I find a bunch of wise people, they might know that verse too, and they won't let me hang out. <laughs> well, <laughs> that, 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 that's where you go back to step number one and two. All right. You go to the first three and you give full-time attention to honoring, oh God, you are holy and right. You, you are amazing in my life. And I ask for wisdom and you start letting that work in your life until people start going hey yeah yeah come on hang out with us <laughs> amen God wants to do some wonderful things in us but we've got to choose this not that we've got to choose what wisdom over wealth amen